So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Easy Conversations. I want to say thanks to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie C Money. I hope you all checked our top 10 hip-hop albums of 2018. Now I'm excited to kick off 2019, I guess you could say. This is season 2 of Easy Conversations with my homie. This guy has got the biggest movie collection I've ever seen. Probably seen more movies than anyone listening to this combined. My cousin, Matt Zilashi. Say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me on your podcast, Eric. I'm glad to have you on, man. And um, today, what we're going to be talking about is the horror movie genre. Because we could have talked about multiple films. I wanted to zone in specifically on this genre because I know that's your favorite it def- film genre. It definitely is my favorite. Going on like probably 10 years of watching horror movies almost every day. Okay. So that's kind of where I want to start off with you is... Personally, me, this is kind of outside of my comfort zone because I haven't, I've, I could say I've seen like probably less than, or about 10 horror movies my whole life. Oh, wow. Whereas you've seen one a day for the last 10 years. Yeah, for me, it was mostly about being straight up just scared of those movies. When yeah. I was a kid, I was scared of pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not afraid to tell people that I used to be scared of like The Witch and Snow White. That that's how everyone starts actually. Every horror fan, like I, I started off being scared too and terrified, but then you kind of grow past that and you start to like that feeling, and it, that's what you're looking for. Okay, so it's about the rush then. Oh, absolutely. That's what I like. People always ask me, Matt, why why do you like horror films so much? And I'm it's because that's how like I connect to them the most, and I get a little. I I'm very entertained by them, and it's it's the rush of like the the unknown and the fear. I mean, I don't get scared anymore, but I just like seeing that stuff in the movie. Like, Okay. Back in the day, though, let's say when you started watching, when you were a little younger, were you scared of what you were watching? Yes, I was. I remember like yesterday. It was like 2003, 2004. It's probably 12, 13. And I watched the movies Saw and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Okay. And I watched it at somebody else's house, and then I had to walk home after. It was like oh, three man. blocks, and I was like almost booking it home, running, because <laughs> I was terrified, especially by uh, Saw, actually, because I had never seen like gore like that. And now I, I see, I look back, and I'm like, oh, why was I scared of that? It's tamed <laughs> for today's standards. I guess. Yeah. But that movie, is it fair to say that it set the standard for what gruesome violence or gore is in a movie, let alone a horror movie? Oh, absolutely. It pretty much started the whole, when Saw came out and then later on uh, Eli Roth's Hostel pretty much created the uh, torture porn genre where it's like gore. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. It's just gore for gore's sake. And people were getting offended by it because they're saying there's no, there's no story. It's just gore and you're exploiting that fact. Mm-hmm. But I personally lo- love all those movies. Okay, but yeah, to me, that's kind of like, what's the point of that yeah. kind of gore? You know, Saw for me, okay, back in the day, I, I would have been so scared to watch those movies. Now I'm older, I can't really say I'm scared of stuff like that anymore because I, well, I don't know if you can compare like violence you see in Game of Thrones and stuff like that comparable to what's in Saw where it's like almost inhumane, the kind of, like I know of the um, rib cage angel. Like that was a yeah. classic one. When yeah. I was a kid, people used to talk about that. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, we watched Saw and like yeah. this, um, I don't know, scene or torture scene, whatever happens. And I could just not, just thinking about that would make me scared. Yeah. So to me, it was kind of like, why would I want to watch these kind of movies? 
and when Saw came out, you're still pretty young. And yeah, and then Saw basically like peaked my it peaked my curiosity. Like I was scared of it, but I had to like watch more. And the more I watched, the more I discovered like how much I loved it and loved that feeling. And then discovering new movies because one thing about horror movies is there's like for every normal movie that gets put out or non-horror movie that gets put out, like 10 horror films get made because they're made cheaply and they're really easy to make. You don't really need a good story. You just need, you know, good gore effects and kills and uh, it's not hard to make. And I just was fascinated by them. Okay. And it's true. There are tons of horror movies that drop every year. A lot of them that you don't really hear about. Like this year, actually, I wanted to see Escape Room because now I've been watching a few horror movies just to do this podcast and I want to get into this later, is that I have actually have a new, let's say, maybe rejuvenated interest in learning about the horror genre. That's I'll great get to into, hear. get into that later. But about, like, Escape Room, some of my friends saw it, and they said it was actually like, a terrible movie. I don't know if you got the ch- had the chance to see it yet. Uh, I heard the same thing from uh, someone at work today, actually. So And I, I Escape Room from... So it's PG-13, so right there, I'm less interested because... Because it's not gonna be my like my type of horror film is like the the heart like the rated R ones mm-hmm. where they actually go all the way. So right there, PG thirteen, I'm kind of turned off. And then hearing all these negative reviews kind of seals help. the fate for yeah. me. Yeah, I'm probably just gonna watch it if it drops on Netflix. Okay, but it's interesting to see that in 2019 we're still seeing movies with I'm assuming poor low budget for Escape Room. But when I saw the concept of it that it's like an escape room, which we have in Ottawa or all around the world. You have these events, which how could that not be an interesting concept for a horror movie? And I guess just a botched execution or something. We don't know. We haven't seen the movie, but a a lot of horror films have that. They have a a great concept, but it fails in the execution. And in any movie, not, not even just a horror movie, but the ending had like, if the ending's bad, that's what you're going to remember. It's not a good movie. So the end, it's tough to have a good ending to a horror film. And all the great horror films, the endings are terrific. So, yeah, Escape Room, probably horrible execution <laughs> and just mass marketing to try to make money. I believe it did do well, though, at the box office. So Yeah, because you got actors like Sophie Turner's in there. Pretty sure there's someone else. There's another act- mm-hmm. actor I recognized, mm-hmm. but I will not be going to see it in theaters. I have like 15 free movies. Not a big deal. Not going to spend one on that. Mm-hmm. Still got to see Aquaman and others like mm-hmm. Creed 2 into the Spider-Verse, but we're not going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. So now a lot of what you said actually ties into what I wanted to talk about with you. So I'm going to bring it back a little bit. What peaked, what made me more interested in the horror genre to begin with is the 2017 remake of the 1990s, general 1990s series, It. From the trailers, I wasn't that interested in seeing it, but I'd heard that it was a pretty solid movie. The clown was creepy. And I don't know, I just... Well, I had seen Stranger Things already. And it brought me back to that setting a little bit. The kids acting. People love just love to see kids navigate through dangerous territory. And kind of be adults. Do some things that are greater than what is expected of a kid, I think. I think that's fair to say. Yes, the immense success of the, the new It movie, I think, was based on that that 80s vibe that Stranger Things did too. But... Stranger Things took that from all these 80s movies like The Goonies, Stand By Me. It's that like kids going off to on an adventure together. And the new It movie did it perfectly and captured the Stephen King novel really well. And this was only the first half of the book. But 
it had great like all the children all the actors had great chemistry and the dialogue was realistic i heard a lot about that like in all the uh, uh horror uh, reviews i read on it is the dialogue was authentic yeah it was crude but that's how kids spoke back then mm. and it people related to that and it was also a terrifying movie which fully captured like what the the horror in the book because the book is also very terrifying. Uh, that Stephen King book is very terrifying. Have you read it? A long, long time ago. It's a brick, though. It's over a thousand pages. I know. M- most of his books are uh, bricks, but yeah, I kind of want to get into reading Stephen <sighs> King novels. I still have a ton of books to go through first. Yeah, but yeah, that's a, a that's a bible to go through it for is. sure. Yeah, and he 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 writes really detailed, and there's a lot of description. It's very good, but it's it's gonna take you half a year to read commit but the new it movie pretty much I, w- I, w- I won't i wouldn't say revitalize the horror genre but like after this it movie last year made like over 100 million on its opening weekend like now all these stephen king adaptations are coming this year in 2019 and it kind of like re-energized the horror genre and like for the- for theatrical releases i mean and, and that's a great thing because the more horror in theaters the better yeah for sure yeah. i like pet cemetery I pet think cemetery part part two is dropping this year and yeah. pet cemetery which i'm super excited for because it's a great book one of his best and the trailer looked terrifying mm-hmm. and it's yeah. it's gonna be a great movie looks good for sure yeah. but yeah it for me then i, I got to i guess now i want to hear your thoughts on this for get out i don't know if you consider Ooh. this to be a horror movie or uh, not. absolutely a horror movie yeah, and okay. i can explain why please do but it might be into getting into spoiler territory. No, I'm assuming people have seen Get Out by now. And the movies we're going to talk about, well, that I've seen anyways, we're going to get into spoiler Spoilers. territory. So okay. I'm sorry. If you haven't seen these movies, just go watch them, then come back here. So mm. Get Out. Let's get get Out. I absolutely loved Get Out. And it's a horror film because at the end of the day, what these people are doing, it's kind of like, a, for lack of a better word, like a mad scientist movie because they're putting the their putting like someone else's body into an they're putting an old person's body into a young body or and transferring brain into the brain the body, yeah. yeah so yeah it's definitely a horror film and the tone of the movie tone is very important to defining like if a movie is horror like what's the intent that the director is doing the music like is he trying to present it into a, in a horrific way so get out's definitely horror and it's fantastically acted great script it actually shocked me when I saw it because I hadn't seen the trailer and uh, I was blown away in the theater and Jordan Peele's got a new horror movie dropping this year called Us. Can't wait to see it. The man can do no wrong. And he won uh, Best Original Screenplay, I believe, an Oscar. Yeah. So any horror film that wins an Oscar is is, is huge for the genre and um, I applaud him. So not off the top there, but one the one of the ones that comes to mind that one like that swept the Oscars was Silence of the Lambs. Right, and that is a horror film. Some people aren't sure, but in the '90s, horror kind of became like a dirty word, and people were calling them thrillers and trying to market them differently. But yeah, Silence of the Lambs won the big five Oscars. Yeah, and that that's, has that's um, like un- unprecedented. I want to oh, yeah. say for that o- genre, it hasn't happened again. Probably only, never will. Only three movies in the history of movies have won the. Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Screenplay, Best Director, and Best Picture Oscar. Gladiator? Oh. Is that one of them? No, it came so you close, got, right? uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, It Happened One Night from 1934, I believe, and Silence of the Lambs. Okay. 
Yeah, one, yeah two, I, I'm obsessed with the Oscars, too. I can <laughs> recite who won um, what. Um, but no, Get Out, great horror film. And, and now we're going to see how Jordan Peele actually yeah. follows up now with his directorial debut to see if he's just a one-hit wonder or if he can follow up. And that's tough because a lot of one-hit, a lot of, for, when your first movie get that much, gets that much success, you have a lot of pressure. A- any industry, actually. Like, like artists, music, yeah. TV shows, shout yeah. out True Detective. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I'm a, I actually like season two. Nah, I'm I one don't... of those uh, season two apologists. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll have to watch it again. It was just the one time for me, but I don't know if you need to watch that's it. That's not again. horror though, so I'm not gonna get into that. Um But yeah, get out. Like you said actually that in the nineties, it's interesting you say that mm-hmm. it was considered to be thrillers for that genre. Horror it, was so blurred I, with thriller. I don't wanna like get into a history of horror lesson, but like in the nineties in the late 80s, horror kind of died off and wasn't making as much money and the quality was dropping. They're, they were getting too much too comedic and it was all these sequels to big franchises. So in the before 1996, and 96 is an important date, I can get into that right after, but from like 1989 to 96, it was, wasn't very strong for the genre. And you got these movies that weren't marketed as horror films, but they had like horror elements to them, like thrillers. Uh, like Silence of the Lambs, Jacob's Ladder, which are great films. And then, so yeah, it was pretty much dead in the 90s until 1996 with a movie called Scream, directed by Wes Craven. It okay. made a ton of money. It basically re, it revitalized the sh- slasher genre, and it's the pretty much the first horror movie that's self-aware. Like, the characters in that horror film are talking about, like, oh, well, this is, like, a horror movie, and we need to follow these rules to not mm. die. So it was a self-aware movie or a meta-horror film, as a lot of people call it. And then a bunch of clones came out after that, and then a bunch of horror movies in theaters again for the next five years. Okay. Yeah. Um, when you talk about meta-horror movies, you got one, like, one of the very few horror movies I've seen, Cabin in the Woods, I guess oh, you could kind of say is a meta-horror movie. That is the definition of a meta-horror film. And that, too, was, like, it's it's very original because that specific idea had never been done where people are controlling the controlling like the actions yeah of our that was cast. awesome yeah some great acting very... down there too they're the two i know i don't know their names there but dad from step bros and richard other, jenkins yeah. and the other yeah oh yeah no, i was that... in the theater laughing and yeah that was a funny oh, movie for yeah. sure and that's the thing like horror movies i feel like back in the day didn't really take themselves too seriously like you said mm-hmm. and I feel like you need, still need some elements of comedy in horror movies. Oh, absolutely. Or else, the, like, I, I like dark horror films where it's not like you don't even smile or smirk at all. Like, there's nothing funny and they're very, not disturbing. Yeah. Well, for lack of a better word, disturbing. I like those movies, but I can't watch them every day. And I need, like, some light-hearted horror, too. Like, horror comedies, you know? Yeah. And those exist. There's a lots of horror comedies. Would you say scary movie is in that category? Or that That's just strictly parody at Scary that point? movie, to me, is a comedy. It's a parody. Okay. Yeah. So we won't talk about that. Scary movie 3, sweet movie. Only one I've seen out of the franchise, oh. but I thought it was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, like we were getting into earlier, is that now we're starting to see well-produced, thought-out, interesting innovative original concepts for horror movies and that's what's really reeling me into the genre like i said get out it of course there's source material for some of these movies but still adapting them on the screen is no small feat and then we got the one that i just watched last night 
A Quiet Place, which I had just watched Bird Box also a few days ago. Yeah, we can talk about both. Start with... Uh, the good, the bad, and the s- ugly. Start with Bird Box. You know, that's where we're going to start because we're going to go from the weakest one to the strongest yes. one, in my opinion. Thank you. So what Bird Box, the nationwide phenomenon, not just in the movie, but in real life, the Bird Box challenge and the memes. Yep. That's the main reason why we watch this movie. Exactly. Is you want to be in the loop for the memes. Like Sandra Bullock's face, the blindfold on top of the kick, the Chicago Bears kicker is funny. Yeah. But <laughs> other than that, there's nothing much to take from this movie because I feel like the concept, the starting point... I was captivated. I wanted to see where is this going? All I knew about the movie going into it was that you had to wear a blindfold. You couldn't look at a certain entity or something. There was something you couldn't look at. I didn't know what it was. So that's interesting right there. That's a good hook. Mm -hmm. And the movie starts off with a sense of urgency. She's talking to two kids like, okay, we got to go up this river. You have to listen to every single word I say. Don't deviate from my orders or else we will die. That sets the tone for, okay, we're not messing around here. This is going to be intense. She takes the, puts a blindfold on. They follow this string to the, to the canoe. There's a lot of, I don't know, there's suspense there. You don't know what's going to happen. And then we go back in time five years ago. Okay, cool. We see where it all started. Yeah. The first 30 minutes are fantastic. Actually. Uh, it, it has a great hook and, but oh, I'll get into this now, but bird box to me commits a, like a, a, a sin in its running time, it's two hours and five minutes. We'll say two hours minus the credits. Yeah. And to me, a horror film, and this is my theory, and I've heard it on other podcasts too, movie podcasts, but a horror film should be around 90 minutes. Under is actually under 90 minutes is actually better. But if a horror film is over an hour and a half long, you better, the way I see it, like the first 90 minutes of a movie are free. Like I'll watch any movie that's under 90 minutes, but the rest you have to make, you have to like, Make you have to pay it for or, it. Yeah. You have to like grab me and you have to make it worth it. And to me, Bird Box was a little too long. So yeah, that's exactly what I was going to get into is that at the midway point, an hour, I remember specifically, we looked at how much time was left in the movie, an hour and 10, me and my girlfriend looked at each other like, what's going, what's, what's the plot here? What's happening? Why are we still watching this? Nothing mm-hmm. had happened. It's still setting up when, what the um, creatures are that you can't look at. Yeah. Why can't you take your blindfold off? We hadn't gotten enough answers and now we can just fast forward to the end, basically. Huge spoiler here, but in our opinion, you don't get any answers, really. It's basically they went from point A to point B, up the river, took like 48 hours, nothing happened, really. They get to the an institute for the blind where they're basically going to live the same kind of life that they were at their cabin. Which makes more sense. People. I mean, blind people would be like, they're already adapted to this new world. I guess, but why do they even need to be in this institution yeah. now? They, they could oh, just yeah. be roaming around, ripping it up. Like. The, the movie was more about the how than the what. Like, it was about the journey, not the destination. And but the journey wasn't that worthwhile, is what I want to say. I was more also. interested in the flashbacks when the event started. Absolutely. And the house with all the people. I love horror films. We, when I say we, I mean, like, everyone in, my, in horror groups that I'm in, like, the horror community, I guess, we call them contained horror films where it's all in one location. Those are all always good horror films when it's claustrophobic and characters start arguing with each other and turning on each other and, or characters leaving. Shout out MGK. Bastard. Yeah, that was, I, I almost fell off the couch when I saw yeah, he was in the movie. Just absolute scumbag. You got movie. like jo- John Malkovich in there, a phenomenal actor. And then MGK. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> 
uh, and dude from Get Out the yes little little, little rel or something yeah but um, uh, Sandra Bullock though was great in the movie she, she was. always is she was for sure and I like the relationship she had with Tom I believe his Thomas, name was yeah, yeah. he so, was in the new Predator movie that actor haven't seen yeah. that it's, it's not one very time watch it's not I'm very assuming. good yeah but yeah, I mean, Bird Box had my attention for a while. Then it was just too slow moving, like you said. Mm-hmm. Two hours running time. It's is, it's unforgivable almost. It, it should not be that long. For the amount of action that happens in the movie and even like suspense, whatever, what have you, there isn't that much that happens really. You're right, actually. It's more of a character, like, character study movie. And you could probably write a four-page essay on Sandra Bullock's, like, mentality in the movie and the decisions she makes, and that was interesting. But, yeah, not showing the aliens, they, they didn't want to show them because apparently the design was looked stupid on screen, so they decided to make them invisible or mm, never never okay. show them. Yeah, I read that. And, yeah, it was more of, like, a character study on her. We had a lot of information about her character and the decision and how it affected the, the decision she made on the boat when she was trying to pick between yeah. that because it oh, was almost man. like sacrificing a kid there. Yeah. Oh no, hundred like, percent. It was, oh, but then was... it should have been sacrificing both by not making uh, any of them look like, I just thought that was stupid. No man. way they make it through that rapid. You're right. Without any and, of them looking and, and navigating. my, I I was watching it with my, my dad and he said the same thing. He's like, that's not realistic. And what do you think of the driving blindfolded? Yeah, that was too much too. I mean, uh-huh. sure. You've got the map there, the GPS, but I mean, how, how do you exactly? I don't know. Exactly. It was a bit of a stretch, but yeah. you. I feel like at that point in the movie, I can look past that because oh, yeah. they it's need to get supplies. Film. Exactly. It's oh, a I overlook film. every. Yeah, you you can't. When you're watching a horror film, you have to suspend disbelief, or 100%. else you're gonna critique every movie. You can nitpick anything you want in any movie, or in any any movie really, not oh, just horror. Like you if you you have to anything. suspend disbelief in yeah. Game of Thrones. Like oh. me, to me, the, those are the wor- scum yeah. of the earth. The yeah. people who are complaining about like, oh, where did they get the chains for the ice dragon? You know, all that stuff. Like you're watching a show with dragons <laughs> exactly. and dead people coming back to life, and oh. anyways. 100%. But no, it, Bird Box was not like I enjoyed Bird. It's above average. I'd give it like a six or six and a half out of ten. But yeah, I, I'd agree with that. It, I, I was glad I watched it because everyone was talking about it on face in my Facebook groups and on all the horror podcasts I listened to. It was like the joke, like, oh yeah, watch Bird Box. It's it's crap. It wasn't crap. <laughs> That's it's, the thing. It's here. really actually well made. The direct. It's actually a female director. She's right. uh, Susan Beyer. She's mm-hmm. Danish. She, she's made amazing dramas like she made a movie with Maz Mikkelsen mm, okay. after the wedding phenomenal movie and Just but now she's in hidden gems here. oh I can uh, don't get me started I won't stop <laughs> but uh and then she made makes this horror film and I'm just like huh so but no it's not the there is a better movie that came out last year that almost has like a same it's kind of like sensory deprivation horror, I guess, because there's can't see, and then in a quiet place, you don't want to make noise. Right. And so. I love those two concepts, how they're very similar, but you get, like, mm-hmm. let's say they're not exactly the same concept, very similar, but the execution is different, and the ending is different. I feel like in a quiet place was much more satisfying to mm-hmm. me, the ending, whereas Bird Box, underwhelming ending. That's yeah. enough of Bird Box for now. Quiet place for me. The first scene sets the tone for the movie. Mm-hmm. Within, I want to say, 10 minutes tops, you know exactly what the setting is, what's at stake, how important silence is. And silence is a main theme of this movie. That you cannot afford to make noise because it will get you killed. 
and the sun with the rocket ship. Oh. I knew that was going to come back. I thought that was going to come back later in the movie. I did not think he was going to get killed right there. I thought the dad was going to scoop him up. They were going to be okay. At that yeah. point, you're like, okay, anything can happen here. Nobody's safe. That was heartbreaking. And I'll just bring it back when I was in the theater watching it. It's not only a great movie on the screen, but the experience in the theaters, and a lot of people have expressed the same feelings. Everyone was trying to like not eat their popcorn or make noise, and everyone was silent during the movie. And when the score would pop in, everyone would like start eating silently and trying right. to try like to be discreet but it was a perfect theater going experience and you can't ask for more when you go to the theater when everyone's in the, you know when everyone's in the movie and there's no like talking but i i also love the movie and here's one thing that you we don't normally see in these post-apocalyptic movies the characters we're introduced to they're so lovable and there's not like there are no bad characters in that movie. It's just nice to see that for a change. You know, you watch or uh, Bird Box or even like Walking Dead. Like in in that type of post apocalyptic post apocalyptic setting, there's a lot of like evil characters. But in this, like you're cheering for the family. All the characters are likable. All they're all p- portrayed by great like great performances by the actors, and it's such a lovable ca- uh, characters. Absolutely. And, and that makes it different from the other post-apocalyptic horror films I've watched. No weak links in the cast. The characters are portrayed perfectly, mm-hmm. I want I would say. And it is this movie establishes John Krasinski as a great not only a great actor, an unbelievable writer and director. Yes. Who knew this guy had it all? A triple threat, we could uh, say. Absolutely. In the bank from Jimbo in the office to Dad, we don't know his name. There are, that, there are no names. That's yeah. what I liked also is that we don't need to know their names, their backstories. Instantly, we're attached to them, even from the first scene, because it establishes loss for these characters, and we sympathize for them. We can't imagine how that's like to have your youngest kid be killed by a creature like that, that we don't really know. That's, that's another difference between A Quiet Place and Bird Box is that I'm glad we got to see the beasts they're up against yes and the importance of not making sound compared to the importance of not looking at them right i feel like that was also much more rewarding and then just the back to what i said earlier the importance of silence is established in that scene but just having all the characters speak in sign language just makes all the dialogue that much more powerful for some reason that the the daughters i was actually i'm pretty sure the actress actress, was deaf yes she was that's a very good point you bring up actually the 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 like the dozens of lines we get in the movie have so much meaning and the only criticism I've heard of this movie from listening to other people talk about it is oh well why is Emily Blunt's character pregnant like why would they why would why would they want to have a baby right well you know what they kind of lost they lost a child and now they want maybe another one or what hope is there if you if no one can have kids what's the point right right they have to live for something so no i had no problem with the pregnancy angle i don't know that's the only thing that's the only critique i've heard of this movie is like well that's stupid like why is she pregnant i mean i feel like it's stupid for the setting they're in the world they're living in now is that a crying baby not optimal but i mean they want to continue to bring life into the world and of course they'd want to have another kid to i guess replace the one they lost but it just goes to show that life doesn't stop just because the world has, I guess. You know, very, something, something very like well that. said, yes. So, 
And I actually, yeah, I was, of course, I was worried for her character. I didn't want her to die. Shout out Emily Blunt, mom of the year in that movie. Yes. John Krasinski, dad of the year. Mm. I mean, that performance, so raw. The, I mean, now it's a huge spoiler. Like, I hope you've seen this movie by now. But just that raw yell at the end, like when he nah. says goodbye and I love you to his daughter, like that just hits you in the feels. I mean, if not, you're a cold-hearted bastard. I have chills right now. Just from I've seen the movie twice now, and it's a heartbreaking scene oh. because he te- he there's a little foreshadowing when he tells Emily Blunt, like I'm always gonna be there to protect them, and and he was he knows he's gone. He, he was wounded, and he knew what he had to do, and he didn't hesitate and before he like sacrifices himself when he looks at his daughter and yeah oh no, it's a it's a it's heavy a, moment in the theater sure. like you could hear a pin drop everyone was so silent and it was like oh crap and what kind of <sighs> what movie can really say or what director can say they accomplished that with their movie i feel like what he wanted to do with this movie he accomplished and then some because having a silent movie it's not a silent movie because there is dialogue in it and like you said, every dial, every scene of, with conversation matters that much more. But I mean, having that effect to get everyone immersed into the movie, the story you're telling, the movie flew by for me. Like it oh. was a short movie, but I had to look at the time once. I was completely captivated the whole time, rooting for our heroes the whole time. Didn't want to see any of them die. Fortunately, that's not life. You know, sometimes you just get swooped up by a monster that just hears it sees by hearing but i don't know that's how she goes sometimes i 100 percent agree with that the it's the pacing in this movie is phenomenal because yeah it's only 90 minutes but i've seen 90 minute movies that are slow this movie flies by and it's the perfect length and kind of when it ends I, we can talk about the ending a little like i wouldn't call it a cliffhanger ending but it's an ending where you're like okay i want to see more mm-hmm. that's actually what my mother said when she watched it she wanted to for it to keep going I thought it ended perfectly, like the fade to black yeah. or like the quick cut to black. Perfect. It was great. for. I loved the ending. And I've, yeah. it goes back to what you said about a horror movie and even a movie in general has mm-hmm. to end on a high note, mm-hmm. right? If That's the last thing you see in the movie. So if it's a bad, it ends on a bad note, it leaves a sour taste in your mouth and you're kind of questioning whether it was a good movie or not. Absolutely. I've A, a great ending can save a mediocre movie. That's, so, that's pretty much what it comes down to. Prime example of that, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Absolute oh. ass of a movie. I don't know if you've seen it I yet. have not seen it, so, but, and I plan to watch it. Okay, so. I'm not going to get into any spoilers here because you haven't seen it. Respect my guest. But thank you. the ending to me was the only good scene about the movie in the movie. And it kind of changed my perception of the movie where it's kind of, it is a setup movie for the next movies to come. But during throughout the whole movie, I was like, this is brutal. Like, why am I here? And then by the end of it, I, lo- I love the ending. And I'm not going to say what happens in it, but it's a great ending to me. And now when I talk about the movie, I actually trick myself into thinking it was a decent movie when in fact it was not. And I don't plan on watching that movie anytime soon. So be wary of good endings sometimes, you know? So would you say that movie, it's a filler movie with a great ending? Absolutely. Is that, uh, it's not a that's good, disappointing. Yeah, for sure. And you could easily look up the last scene on YouTube once it releases or whatever. Very just, true. Now you know what you need to know for the next film. Ah, that's disappointing. Yeah. But anyways, that's a topic for another discussion. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And back to Quiet Place, actually. So what I like about the ending is that they leave the door open for a sequel. I kind of wish there wasn't a sequel. They already have announced that there is going to be a next one in 2020. So that's something I want to get into with you as well is... When these films 
have a great first installment in a series that has yet to be announced and then they end up announcing sequels starting to make more movies and end up franchising a single movie into like a franchise a series of four or five movies movies in general get into this trap and for the most part most of them in most series the first one is the best movie of them oh that's been going on in horror films since that actually started in the 80s but back to a quiet place sequel yeah that's the first thing they said to john krasinski like okay, where's, where's A Quiet Place 2? Because A Quiet Place 1 made a lot of money and he was kind of not sure about making it. I do believe he said he's, he's gonna, it's, it's confirmed. He is coming And back. I think some, I, some people were telling him, yeah, you should do it, you know, even though, because, you know, you kind of doubt yourself, like, oh, can it be as good as part one? But he is doing it and I'm happy and I think it will be good. But the trap that you were talking about is like, pumping one out way too fast after the first one comes out and that's pretty much what killed horror films in the eight in the late 80s was just all sequels and people you know when you're going to the theater to see friday the 13th part eight <laughs> like it the 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 quality falls dramatic uh, dramatically yeah. yeah once you hit six i mean that's as far as it should go for those oh, kind of movies the, i'm just kidding but <laughs> the, the the mount rushmore of horror franchises all have like 10 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, well, you got Friday the 13th. They're putting out the 13th one eventually. Who the heck knows when that's going to happen? Nightmare on, Nightmare on Elm Street has like 10. Halloween, a Halloween movie dropped last year, which I loved. A lot of people right. didn't. That has over 10. Um, yeah, so those franchises, by the way, will never die because there's millions, well, I don't know. Yeah, millions of fans over, uh, around the world that love those franchises. And I'm, I I love all those franchises, actually. And They still get you to go, though. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's almost like... Part 27, you'll still be buying I'll still tickets, go because you know? even if... I just have to support it. I try to go see every horror film in theater, actually. Like, except for maybe the PG-13 ones. Yeah, and that's another thing, actually, is that A Quiet Place is rated PG-13. So I was kind of are... weary of that because me too. In general, I feel like movies are stronger when they're rated R, especially in the comedy genre or action. Absolutely. Horror. And for the same reasons, horror. Because, exactly. you know, if you see someone get slashed by a killer and there's no blood, hmm, that's... It's, it's not how it's, she goes. Exactly. That was... Bringing it back to, like, to Dunkirk, that was kind of my main problem with Dunkirk. Was okay. it was a war movie, but it was only PG thirteen. But I don't want to talk about that because that's going off topic. Yeah. Um, Quiet Place was PG thirteen, and I mean there are exceptions to every rule. There's a lot of good PG. The original Poltergeist movie was PG thirteen, and that's phenomenal horror film. Um, Never seen that movie. And actually, it's funny you mentioned Dunkirk. Is that I'm pretty sure that movie has an emphasis on sound, right? Oh, the sound. Yeah, the sound is phenomenal, actually. Well, to me, that's the thing is, how is that the main takeaway from a movie? That's not a, that's not, that's not a hook to reel Good me point. in, you know? And A Quiet Place bases itself on sound. So you, you can see how one movie can pull off this feat incredibly. And I haven't seen Dunkirk, so I can't really, oh, okay, I can't really okay. sit, compare it to like a bird box to A Quiet Place. But no. um, most people, I feel like, agree that Dunkirk wasn't all that it was hyped up to be considering it's a Christopher Nolan release and mm. his movies are generally mm. well received by the public. Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to get off Dunkirk cuz yeah. I can I can sure. we can do a whole episode on Christopher Nolan but um back to what you were saying actually you said a very good point about a quiet place the, the pretty much the atmosphere is what you were talking about the sound atmosphere and 
that's what I love about, that's what I'm looking for in a horror film. I don't care if sometimes the acting's bad or the story's weak. If it's, it has great atmosphere, which includes the sound and the look and how it's shot and, you know, the special effects, the uh, practical effects. If all that's on par, like, that's what I'm going to take away from a horror film. I can forgive weak acting in a horror film. I can f- forgive a weaker story. Heck, every slasher film does not have a good story. It's just people getting killed one by one by the killer, and you're trying to figure out who did it. I love watching that stuff because it's all about the atmosphere and the music and just the, how fun it is, you know, the cheese factor, how entertaining it is. You can laugh at it. <laughs> For sure. And that's what some people like about horror movies is that they just make fun of it. They laugh oh, at it. Like one of my absolutely. homies just laughed through Bird Box apparently. Okay, that's a little ridiculous. It doesn't have <laughs> yeah. that tone. But when you're watching like a movie that's so – like I don't like to use this term so bad it's good because usually it's – when a bad movie's bad, it's not so bad it's good. But sometimes it's almost intentionally that way and then you can't help but to – like I love watching those old – poorly made horror films because they just make they it's like watching a comedy yeah i just make fun of it right and i'll back to what i was i brought up earlier as well is that some movies should just stop after one kind of like a one and done mm-hmm. one hit wonder there's nothing wrong with that like a, we're not going to see a get out two and with reason we don't want to see that plot told twice it wouldn't work we've seen it once performed brilliantly and the acting in that movie was phenomenal that's a great cast again dude from Cabin in the woods is the dad and um uh, Anyways, I don't know all the actors' names there, but great movie, and we're done with that. Now Jordan Peele's on to us, so we'll see how that pans out. I'm excited for it, but we'll see. I feel like no, the trailer looked really creepy, but very creepy. We're gonna we'll get back to that. So one. yeah, like I said, the sequels now. What a Quiet Place is gonna do now is what John Krasinski's challenge is gonna be now is to not make sure he repeats the same formula about sound and silence. I feel like they're going to bring it back a little bit to closer to when it all started, when the apocalypse started. So then he can do something different with sound is kind of what they did in bird in them past in bird box is them figuring out, okay, how do we get away from these things? How do we, how are we going to survive in this kind of world? Mm-hmm. And I like those creatures look unbelievable for a budget of 19 million unreal. No, I agree with you. It's the first thing I ask is it's either going to be a prequel, which I agree that's the better idea or it's going to take place right after. But I think there's way more possibilities for a prequel. Absolutely. Which is a smart move. Yeah. And that actually reminds me of what did you bring in it back to a quiet place like a review like their weakness? How come no one's kind of figured that out before that? Mm. Are the creatures that powerful that they kind of wiped out like the U.S. military right away? We don't know that. Maybe they can show that. Because you yeah, would think definitely. their weakness would have been exposed sooner. I mean, mm. it probably just took time for people to realize that they couldn't make noise. And that's Correct. how they see. So we don't know. That's why yeah. a sequel could work in that sense. So, yeah, some of my friends at work actually didn't like the fact that that's how she just blew its head off with the shotgun. But I had no problem with that. I was planning on the whole time I knew that once those, um, I don't know. Yeah, their armor gets the shell their armor gets up. exposed. That's their weakness. Yeah. To me, yeah. it seemed like a, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. So I had no problem with that, and I I loved that it all came back to sound again. The frequencies of her hearing aid. So I thought that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. In the first movie, I'm assuming there will be no survivors. Maybe like it'll be another family or something. We just don't want it to get. We don't want to get into a cookie cutter plot. 
that things start to get repetitive. Then we're up to A Quiet Place 7. It's just a different family surviving or getting murked, you know? This, this, what you're bringing up is interesting because this is what happens to all the horror franchises that go on too long. So the first one does great. And then the second one comes out. The second one makes a ton of money on the strength of the first one. But let's say the second one is a poorly made film. Well, still going to make a lot of money. So then they make a third one. And that's what, like, that's the last nail in the coffin is that third one that no one will go see because the second one was poorly made. And that's happened a lot. Not always with the second and third in the franchise, but with like five, six. It's usually we're in the (laughs) five, five, six, six sevens that. You just got to put her to bed. I mean, and that's what the Halloween franchise keep doing is rebooting with new ideas. Like the one that dropped last year, Halloween 2018, which is actually the third movie in the franchise called Halloween, just Halloween. They keep rebooting it. They're saying, okay, we're disregarding the last nine movies. This is a sequel to the original from 78, 40 years later. (laughs) Wasn't it with Jamie Lee Curtis? Jamie Lee Curtis. Her character was killed off in the lot in Halloween Resurrection from like 2002. (laughs) It's actually one of the worst films I've ever seen. Busta Rhymes is in the movie. Hey, that's how you know it's a bad movie. I mean, that's karate with Michael Myers. Anyways, uh, she her character is killed off, and it's like, okay, no, no, we're bringing it back 16 years after, like from O2 to now, bring bringing her back, wow. and she was happy to do it. And you know what? There's gonna be another one. In 20 years, she'll be back again. It's probably gonna come out in 2020, the next Halloween movie, because it made way too much money. Yeah, and all these movies come out within a short period of time, like mm-hmm. we're getting these insidious three, fours and fives. I don't know what they're at now, to be honest, but I saw the first one. That's actually one of the first horror movies I saw as well. And mm. that's a movie that actually didn't scare me because I was a little older at that point, And I thought it was just very stupid. Once we got to see the devil, like, and I don't know if I'm remembering this incorrectly, but it's just chilling in the corner of a yep. room. there, like, perched over like yeah the Darth, the Darth Maul devil oh he my looked like god Darth that was Maul. Bru- we we're yeah. all just laughing yeah like, it is a joke it is I I liked it but it was it's a little and the, and the sound was so loud and just like pops out of nowhere but no I enjoy all those insidious con any James that's the like the James Wan universe because he directed the first like he directed insidious the conjuring that's the conjuring universe that that's what it's called and no i enjoy all those ghost movies okay. paranormal movies paranormal activity they they pump lots of money in them and they're really well made and they make a they kill at the box office mm. but are they well received though critically yeah movies? horror yeah. fans like them okay except for well okay no 50 i'd say 50 50 and for those okay. movies so medium reception yeah Mediocre. but like back to horror movies coming out with sequels like from tw- 2004 to 2010 Seven Saw movies came out. Seven. Every October, I went to the theater, snuck in actually, because I wasn't 18, to go see a Saw movie. And it was great. Everyone in the theater was just cheering like the gore. And it was an event. Every October, a new Saw movie. <laughs> I guess for that sense, it would be cool to actually be a part of the, if you're seeing it, it on is. the premiere, or like when it's relevant, it that is. everyone's there. They love that genre. And they're cheering all, all, for the gore. All the non-horror fans that go see the movie like they talk about it the next day at the water cooler at work you know yeah. or the monday at the at work they're like oh did you, did you go see the new saw movie it's kind of it's fun to talk about and i love when the normal audience when i say normal i'm not I'm saying the people that don't watch horror films discriminating here no i'm saying you guys are the sane ones yeah uh when they go see a horror film that's when it makes a lot of money and that's when everyone talks about it just like the new It movie. And it Quiet blew, Place. It like, blew up, yeah. Yeah. 
So now people are anticipating it too. I'm very excited for it. That's coming out later this year, right? Like that's normally the time when horror movies drop, like September, October, November, December. Should be September, I believe. I think it's September. So yeah, there's um. Are there any notable sequels that you would say defy this rule that are actually solid installments in a series, or are just great standalone movies? Let's say The Godfather Part Two of the horror universe. Okay, first of all, Godfather Part 2 is not better than Part 1. Everyone says Part 2 is better than Part 1. They are wrong. Okay, you're part here one, first. Part 1 has Marlon Brando and James Caan. Part 2 only has Robert De Niro. Enough only. said. All right. Only. And, he's my, and Robert De Niro is my favorite actor, but Part 1 blows it out of the water. And Part 2 is like th- almost four hours long. Um Okay, sequel better than the original. Okay, so actually, this being said, I should say, maybe not necessarily better, but on par, let's say. Because oh, maybe uh, saying better would be a tough there, There's task. lots, but I, I mean, these might just be names to you. but like, Because I'm just a normal person? No, just heck? because these are older Common horror folk. These are just older horror films. No, you're kidding. the normal person yeah. for not watching horror films freaking <laughs> obsessively. Like Friday the 13th Part 2 is better than the original. Most people agree with. Mm, um, there's lots. I mean, A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, a lot of people like that one the most. Every big franchise has like that sequel that's usually better than the original. But I'm not going to keep name dropping these 80s horror. Okay, well, you've already dropped a couple. So yeah, we'll those that. are like the, the franchises everybody knows because everybody knows like Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees. I mean, the hockey mask. and Right, okay. Um, I always thought Jason Voorhees was Mike Myers with the hockey mask, but I guess I'm mistaken. Yeah, Michael Comic Myers has the white, the white. It's actually a William Shatner Captain Kirk mask, okay. spray-painted white that they use for Halloween okay. for Michael Myers, yeah. And he, it's weird because then there's an actor, Michael Myers, and you right, get confused. Yeah. Oh, I was hella confused when I was a kid. I didn't know what. Oh, yeah. Like, because Austin Mike Powers was. was such a big hit. So I was like, Mike yeah. Myers from Austin Powers? For me, it was So I Married an Axe Murderer. Oh, that was, that was see, the one. <laughs> good job, Eric. Yeah. That's like a great... Not everybody knows about yeah, that movie. That's, that's an, obscure an obscure one. That yeah. is an obscure one. No, you yeah, do know bad. your movies. Yeah, it's I just do. you don't just... watch as many horror films. And that's why I wanted to do this pod with you because there's no great better source of knowledge and we've seen as many movies as you for horror especially mm-hmm. to come to to talk about this. Thank so, you. So, I don't know. I've been uh, I'm interested in watching more series because they're making, like I said earlier, better produced shows, movies. Like, we just finished watching a, show, a series called You. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a Netflix original. I have heard of it. You watched all of it? Oh, I binged it, man. Very yeah, binge I, I, I read the description, and I knew it wasn't for me. Well, you say that, but it's super creepy, and the guy is just an absolute nutcase. Okay, well, then, it, yeah. It's not really horror. It's more thriller. It looked like a stalker type thing. Oh, he it is, is a stalker. Okay. From the first scene, you know, dude's okay. messed up. But it was, it was pretty good. I mean, I'm excited for season two. Well, that's good. Then it's psychological. Then I yeah, love that stuff. Absolutely. Okay. So, yeah, maybe give it a few episodes. At least if, if by the end of the first one you're not into it, I don't know if it'll grow on you or not. Mm-hmm. It does get better, I would say. It ramps up like crazy. But by the end of the first one, if you don't want to keep going, probably just stop. But if you're into it, you'll want to you'll want to crush it. We crushed it in like a few days. Didn't take long. Yeah. I don't know why recently I've, I've been having a hard time watching TV shows because they take so long. And 
I just have to keep pumping the movies out to keep pace with what's coming out. And I, I do buy a lot of movies too. And I have to, I don't want my watch pile to grow. So I have to keep watching movies. So it's very hard for me to watch TV shows. But, uh, in 2018, the 2010s, like from 2010 to now has been probably the second best decade for horror films. A lot of like independent stuff coming out, but uh, 2018 had some great horror films that were mainstream that came out um and i i can talk to you i can recommend you a couple and to the audience too please do uh, like- one of them i don't know it wasn't really a big hit in theaters but it did go to the theaters it's called hereditary you got phenomenal actors in there like tony collette and gabriel byrne but that the thing about that movie is it's it's such a dark and depressing movie. It's it's basically the feel bad movie of the year. Like mm. I would not watch it if you're in a bad mood or you want something. It's it's very depressing, but it's phenomenally made. I was at by the last scene in the theater, I was like I was just staring at the screen in awe and I knew it was my favorite uh, horror film of 2018 right away. And I when I rewatched it, I picked up on everything I had missed the first time and it just confirmed how like brilliant the story is and it is two hours long and i know okay. I, I was like ragging on long yeah. movies but this one f- flies by for me even with the slower pace i don't think it's slow pace but most people like think it's slow so it defies the horror movies need to be an hour and a half long yeah theory and, and it's outlined. because of the type of horror film it is it's almost it's i i this will not this is spoiler free like it's a supernatural type thing those movies tend to be a little longer. You know, you're thinking like Rosemary's Baby is long. The Exorcist, very long movie. The Shining, which is not super, well, a little supernatural. The Shining's a really long, great movie. Mm-hmm. But Hereditary is just, it's like the whole movie's building up to something and you're getting clues and then it throws you curveballs where you're like, oh, I didn't know this this would happen to this character. And then by the end, you're either, well, you're either get, by the end say, oh, this is stupid or your mouth, your jaw's going to drop and you're going to be like, okay, I need to rewatch it to pick up everything I missed. Your reaction was the latter. So oh, absolutely. Like okay. I, I had goosebumps in the theater going like, oh my God. Okay. Awesome. Hereditary. Uh, yeah. Like Tony Collette, who plays the mom in the movie should be nominated for an Oscar. And if you're laughing at me right now because you think that's ridiculous, you need to watch the movie and tell me I'm wrong. She's amazing. Like, she exposes herself, like, emotionally on another level. And, like, when all the nominations come out for the Oscars, I'm going to look and say, yeah, it wasn't as good as Tony. Well, she might still get nominated, but I doubt it. Never know, man. I feel like horror movies now are starting to gain more credibility. Absolutely. More respect. You know, thank you, Jordan Peele. He helped us with that. And... No, absolutely. Because horror movies from 2010 to like to right now, they've been getting more smart with the story and they've been pumping more money. So you're getting these better made movies, which was the opposite. Like in the 80s and 90s, it was not well made. It was all about like exploiting the gore and the kills. And, right. Yeah. That's why you got to shout out 1996 one time. But, um, <laughs> you know, but some of these movies though don't even have crazy budgets they'll like get out quiet place bird box yeah, you're right just gonna include it in there because i looked it up the other day they don't have their budgets are all under like i want to say 20 mil you're correct I, i'm talking about like a lot of horror films get like a lot of independent ones get made for like when i say like way less money like that 20 mil or 60 mil is still a lot okay. for a horror film 
Oh, I've, I've seen horror films. I saw a movie made for $10,000, <laughs> a phenomenal horror movie. Which one? Called The Battery. Okay. It's a zombie movie. It was made for like, I don't even know if it was $10,000. It's it's great, but I don't know if people would be able to watch it because it's it's a micro-budget movie. It's it's You have to get used to watching those types of films okay. because it's almost like watching, not like watching a home video, but... It's like you can see the There's cameraman, not, like the no, guy holding no, no, up no. the sound the stick the, or whatever. The production is great. It's just, it's not like a big movie. You're not going to see big set pieces. Mm. It's mostly like a couple characters. But like I said, I feel like that's not as important nowadays, the big set pieces. As long as your execution, plot, setting, concept, acting is great and direction, that's all you need. Right? You don't need the big budget. You see big movie, big budget movies outside of the horror genre that fail stupendously when they try to make these great movies shout out mortal engines oh, <laughs> oh. yeah that movie uh, lost over 100 million i believe well, not yeah. included for marketing i was yeah. gonna shout out solo a star wars story uh, i mean that had a that i feel like that's one of the movies with the biggest budgets of all time that failed to make i'm not sure if it even made enough money to offset how much money they put into the movie yeah that i wanted to like solo so much everyone and I did was, I kind of forced myself to enjoy it. Yeah. Which you definitely have to use never the force ag- to get into that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, like. Yeah, it's never, I never, that's never a good thing when I'm trying to convince my brain to like something. Yeah. But uh, no, you're right. And that's why a lot of horror films get made now because it's, it's easier to make a good one. It's easier to make a good horror film than a good comedy, a good uh, adventure film. Yeah, making a comedy is actually harder than people realize. Like, Think of all the crappy comedies you've seen. For every good comedy, for every super bad, there's like a million uh, dumb and dumber like that. Oh, no, like not 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 dumb like dumb and dumber the third one or whatever. Dumb and dumber two or whatever. Okay, okay. I was like, no, I love Dumb and Dumber. Shout out Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels, yeah. No, for every but horror films are getting. There's a good right now. In this decade, the ratio of good horror films to bad ones is very good. And, like, the horror community right now is very, like, in love with horror. And all, like, I don't know if you know this, but every year there's millions, not millions, but there's thousands of people that go to these horror conventions. It's like a Comic-Con just for horror films, and they always sell out. And you get the the 80s horror icons that are there signing pictures and autographs and merch. Mm. And... One thing with horror fans is they like to buy stuff. They like collecting things, not just movies, but like figures and memorabilia from those movies. It's big. Yeah, They're well, very just, diehard fans. Yeah, it's cool to have two at your house there. If that's something you, you're oh. passionate about, you love those movies, it's cool. It's awesome to have. I love those. collecting horror films. Yeah. That's mostly what I buy now. Like I don't go buy the new releases every week that come out like the new like the new Venom movie just dropped on Blu-ray. I'm not going to go buy that, but I will buy like that obscure horror movie that was finally put out on Blu-ray that I get to watch for the first time. Mm-hmm. And the all these little niche companies putting out these older horror films and newer, but that nobody hears about. I it's it's great. Like a Nosferatu, if you will. I know that's a... It's it's well known for like people that study like silent film. Like you right. watch it in your yes, school film? No, I just watched it for fun because I oh, wanted to. Because right. I had read Dracula, great novel. 
And yeah, I wanted, I was into vampires for that time. Yeah, it was know? unofficially a, an adaptation of they wouldn't they wouldn't give the rights. The widow of Bram Stoker, mm, Bram wouldn't, Stoker yeah. wouldn't give the rights. Wouldn't let them do the movie, so they just called it Nosferatu yeah, and rolled with name, it. Though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, and you enjoyed that movie. Yeah, I mean, it was, I'm not gonna watch but it again. It's a, <laughs> Did you find it weird watching a silent movie though? Like you could do other things while watching because you don't have to listen. Yeah. So you kind of don't have to be completely paying attention. But that's a trap at the same time because you should be paying yeah. attention because you can't hear anything. So like, you should be reading in the, a movie yeah. where you can listen. I feel like it's easy to look at your phone for a bit, then you hear something. Mm. That the movie might not. You might not be giving your main focus to the movie, but then you'll hear something. Like, oh, I should be paying attention right now. Silent movie. I look down. It's like watching a movie with subtitles. You can't oh, look at your phone. You're right. no, so absolutely. that's why I had such a hard time, still haven't gotten into it, getting into Narcos is because I'm always on my phone at yeah. the same time, except for when I watch Game of Thrones. That I put my phone down for the hour. I'm not like, you have my attention, Daenerys. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I will admit I have that problem too sometimes. My phone being like nearby while watching a movie. And I think that's a problem with just our generation always on our phones. And I, I'll be the first one to admit I'm one of those persons. But Most when I start time. watching a good movie, then I'll like I'll go put my phone out of reach so I I'll have to get up to get it. Yeah. And uh, that's actually the mark of a good movie when I won't when I don't have to look at my phone. And I've made it through a lot of like horror films I didn't like by like you know last twenty minutes I'm looking at my phone. Mm, for sure. But it doesn't happen often. I'm very. I'm the least like I don't I don't judge movies very harshly. I'm really forgiving when i'm giving ratings i usually enjoy like 99 percent of what i watch i'll try to find the good in every movie like even bird box like i enjoy i'm glad i watched bird box i really enjoyed it it's above average uh yeah but no i like that though it's we're so focused on looking at the red the negative sometimes it's good to look for the blue the positive oh absolutely you know? so um what would you rate? Now, I know we've talked a lot about Quiet Place, and that wasn't my intention to have us talk about that movie the most, but it's the most recent one I've seen, and I actually really loved it. What would you rate that one out of 10? If you were to say, like, Bird Box is 6, 6.5 out of 10. What Qu would you Quiet Place, 9 out of 10. That's exactly where I have it at yeah. as well. And, so. and there's a lot of... If, if you want, I can talk about some other notable horror films that came out in 2018. Yeah, for sure. Keep it fresh, you know, relevant for people who they might have seen it. Uh, I'll mention some that were in theaters and then some that uh, are on Netflix and then some that aren't even on either, but they were just very solid horror films. So yeah. you got Hereditary. We already talked about it. Is that on Netflix now? The streets no, need the Netflix hookup. No, I actually, I, 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 I got the Blu-ray. I shell down, got the Blu-ray. And when I usually do that, that when I usually do that, it then pops up on Netflix and I bought it for nothing. Yeah, that's that's the trap nowadays. Yeah, I try not to buy like I don't buy as much now because of streaming. Streaming just opened up a whole new world. But um, so another one in theaters was the new Halloween movie, which if you like slasher films, you will love this movie. And you kind of have to have watched the 1978 halloween john carpenter's halloween which is my favorite f horror film of all time by the Whoa. way all right i i one year i watched it like three times in october i love the original halloween that's my jam right there okay so that was good okay a couple on netflix the ritual it's like a british horror film i believe very atmospheric like takes place in the like you got a group of friends in the woods and it's like a mystery supernatural or you don't know you don't really know what's going on phenomenal movie okay. the ritual uh, also 
okay, well, this isn't on Netflix, but uh, Overlord. I feel like a lot of people, that movie came and went in theaters. It was produced by J.J. Abrams. Mm. It's a World War II horror film. Very, I saw it in theaters, had a blast. Shout out to my cousin Dylan for inviting me to it. And I hadn't planned on like going to see it, but we, I enjoyed watching it. I think he did as well. And it's like a creature. It's, it's a really good movie. It's a blast. It's like, it's an homage to like movies like The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, which is my second favorite horror film of all time, by the way. John Carpenter, probably the God, one of the godfathers of horror movies. The last one I'm going to talk about is like Unsane. That one that came out, it's with Claire Foy. It okay. came out in theaters earlier in the year. That movie was actually shot on an, on an iPhone, entirely on an iPhone. What? Okay. So the whole movie, you're getting the perspective of like, almost not like security camera, but the cameras are placed in the room and then you're watching like the action take place and takes place in like a mental hospital and you're following the characters. Phenomenal movie. Directed by Steven Soderbergh. I was really expecting good. another John uh, Carpenter. No, no. Carpenter doesn't direct anymore. Like, his last movies have been garbage. Because he's old now. That's yeah. That happens to everyone. They start making great movies, and then they become older. They still, they they can't do it anymore. Like anything, man. Like any rapper. Oh. You know, they, uh, every dog has his and it's, day. It's sad know? to see. It's like watching your favorite hockey player become bad. Yeah. Like, it's going to happen. Yeah. Anyways. I'm just going to mention one more. This one just, it didn't come out on Netflix or in the theaters, but it's called Summer of 84. And it's basically like Stranger Things. It's these okay. kids that think their neighbor is a serial killer. They start watching him, you know, with binoculars. Right. They have walkies and then they're trying to investigate. Is he, is he actually the serial killer or is he not? Really good movie. I'm really going to go on a limb one. here and assume that he is. Otherwise, why are we watching this? There's another serial oh, killer that's going to pop up. There's or? a lot of twists. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Well, thanks for the input, the 2018 recommendations. I noticed that there's another one that when I was looking up horror movies of 2018 that dropped, you didn't mention Annihilation. Now, would you say oh. this is a horror movie to begin with? Because I watched the trailer. I'm not sure if it's on Netflix or not, but I'm definitely going to check it. So it, it is. is on Netflix. Okay. That one's tough so, to to a big miss right there. That Just, that one's tough to classify. All the horror lists, the top twenty eighteen horror lists that I've read included Annihilation as uh, as a horror film. But you know what? It 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 skates on that fine line between sci fi and horror. I would I would be I'd be okay with classifying it as horror, but. No, that one was actually great. And you know what? I forgot about it because it, I went to see it in theaters in like February 2018. Mm. It was an early one. And I kind of knew it was going to be good because it's from the director of Ex Machina. Right. And starring oh. Oscar Isaac as well and Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Before Phenomenal actress. Further, oh, <laughs> nice. I was actually just going to ask you, have you seen Leon the Professional? I'm glad you brought that up. The, that is actually a really famous movie. <laughs> And it's uh, Jean Reno's greatest, finest hour. And it's one of the most, it's a really well-known 90s film. But what I'm, are your thoughts on it? It's really, really good. It's okay. it's probably, I'm not joking, if you go look in the IMDb top 30, it's in the top 30. It has a really, wow. okay. really high ranking. I don't know if it deserves that high ranking. Let me check right now. It has an 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Wow, and that's no... Uh... Yeah, it's not but nothing. no, Natalie Portman's fa fabulous. You know, Black Swan, Jackie. Okay. She's in a ton of movies. It's not just Star Wars. So now if you missed that reference, you're going to have to go back to episode 12 where we discussed this movie, Leon the Professional. Basam praised it. 
And my you, homie DIG and myself did not because we haven't seen it. He was kind of bashing Natalie Portman, but I when I listened to that episode, I was felt so sorry for Bassam because <laughs> I knew he was right, and I'm like, oh, they just don't know. Oh well, whatever. I forget <laughs> well, about it. Now we know. Um, so what were thank we talking you for enlightening about? us. Oh, annihilation. Annihilation. Yeah. And that is another theme in horror films from the past decade, kind of blending two genres. You know, it's not just horror. It's kind of a drama horror or a horror comedy or a horror mystery. And those are actually some of the best horror films when they're kind of like, they, they're like fringe horror films, as we call them. You can, they can go either way. And some people are like, no, that's not horror. But no, they do have those elements that sometimes it's only like the last 10 minutes it starts becoming a horror film. Right. And I have the perfect example, a Western called Bone Tomahawk with Kurt Russell. It's a Western, but it's so horrific and brutal at the end, like the bad guys. And I classify it as a horror Western film. Okay. And it's phenomenal. That's cool, though, to see the fusion of genres. Exactly. Kind of like something that's... Well, now I actually wanted to get into movies you're excited about for this year. And now we're just going to... I'm going to dive in with this question now about fusion of genres, horror in... A genre like the superhero genre. And we're going to be seeing New Mutants come out this year. I believe that's what it's called, right? With it, is, it is called Maisie Mutants. Williams, a few other actors. And that is an unapologetic trailer that brands itself as a horror superhero film. And it looks creepy. I saw that. And I was my first thought is I'm a little like... I'm a little scared, to be honest, for it. Because... I don't know, like, they're trying to appeal. They want they want that that superhero audience to go see, like, a horror film. They want to get, like, both audiences there to make a ton of money, but I it might backfire, and both, both, fire. both those audiences won't like, like, the superhero people will be like, why is this horror? And the horror people will be like, well, why is this a superhero movie? They're, it could be amazing, or it could fail miserably. It's, Absolutely it's risky. no in-between. It's a <sighs> either a nine-point... 10 out of 10. I'm no, I just think it's going to work or not work. I'm kidding. I know. Yeah. But no, I don't it's, know um, if I'm excited for it, to be honest. Ugh. Yeah. It's um, going to be a controversial film for sure. It, do you know if it's rated R or not? I don't know if they announced that yet because they can always edit into PG-13. And that's something that I never like to see. Oh, like when they announced Venom, Venom yep. for this year, 2018, that was announced and um, portrayed or um, marketed as in rated r yeah raw horror mm-hmm. venom movie and that's what made me excited about the movie now i haven't even seen it yet because i've heard mixed reviews and i'm just not as interested in seeing it because it looks a little goofy in all honesty if they had stuck to tom hardy's said that he prefers the, all the scenes that they cut out of the movie of course he's gonna say that i, I don't know i was just gonna say that yeah i feel like they always say that when they get a bit of criticism criticism yeah. exactly so i don't know i feel like they would have been better served to just go pull pull the trigger on a rated r venom adaptation kind of like a logan kind of like a logan and exactly. that worked so why wouldn't well they were trying to get reach a wider audience by rating it pg-13 but there's a lot of adults i don't yeah i don't understand their logic pressure I, from the studio i don't know i just think venom would have been better served as an actual horror movie because of the first trailer they received put out the idea the um, perception that it was going to be a dark vibe throughout the whole film creepy that we don't even see venom in the first trailer and i thought that was fine because 
that's the whole reason we're going to go see this movie is to see this frightening creature, darkness, just um, demonic beast. And I don't know, I feel like they kind of made a mistake in not making it rated R, but I guess can't really go back. Maybe down the road they'll remake another one rated R in like 2027 or something, and uh, we'll see. Just quickly, the funny thing about Venom is half the people I talked to loved it and the other half hated it. So mm-hmm. it did work for some people. Yeah, no, I've heard that people liked it as well. But yeah, ne- next year, like usual, there's going to be a lot of sequels coming out for horror films in the, like, horror films in the theater. Because you know what? Sequels, yeah, people like, sometimes they complain about them. The sequels make money. It has an established, you know, the first one's an established movie. People... They see the poster on the side and they're like, oh, let's go see the sequel to that movie that we saw the, the first one of. Right. You don't really need to be convinced. You've exactly. seen the first one. You like it. It's easy. It's so hard to have a, just like something you don't know. Like if you don't recognize it, you're probably not going to go see it. Yeah. And also the, the, the name too is very important. Like that new Halloween movie that came out last year, a bunch of people just probably went to see it based on the name. And it came right. out in October. Brilliant marketing <laughs> ploy. But, you know, the people that have no idea that it's a franchise just see Halloween. Oh, people, uh, there's a guy killing people in the movie. Let's go see that. Right. And it's um, seasonally correct as well. So people oh, love to go see horror movies important. during that time, right? Oh, yeah. Every, every time during the year where there's a Friday the 13th, the studios have to jump on that and release a horror film during that day because it's... It's a perfect. It's and just a great marketing ploy. For the most part, they do, right? Yeah. I believe that happens almost right. every Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. There's, there's only movie. four a year, maybe or three, but there's like ten movies coming out on the thirteenth every Friday the Thirteenth, basically. Yeah. Throughout the year. But yeah, like next year, I'm seeing. Well, this year. Sorry. Yeah, it's still weird to say 2019. I'm seeing like two Stephen King movies. Right. One of them's a sequel. Actually. It's more like a completion. It it chapter two is more like a completion of the first one. It's really one long. Still movie. a sequel though, because yeah. now it's going to be a new cast. That's going to be the Losers mm-hmm. Club. So the kids when they're well, twenty seven yeah. years later. So that's going to be it. One. I don't know if the kids are coming back for the second one. I really hope so. They do some flashbacks. Maybe I don't know. But Great question. Yeah. I feel like the first one set the bar for what now what the adults need to do now. Right? Did you see the nine the nineteen ninety TV series? I haven't, one? and I kind of want to see it. They Just, they basically go back and forth. They like kids, adults, kids, mm. adults. Each like one kid at a time, and it's a little jarring. And you kind of like the kid. The kid part is much better than the adult right. part. So when they keep jumping back, you're like, ugh. And that movie, that was a made for TV, so that movie's just destroyed by lack of like special effects, and they couldn't make it really dark, right. which is what the new one excelled at just the horrific yeah, the aspect. first scene oh. sets the tone for when that arm comes off and there's oh, blood man I, I, I was jumping in the theater in my head like going finally so me what i didn't know about it was that i thought it was just some dude dressed as a clown i didn't know it was actually a demonic clown it is a demon, i hadn't yeah. seen any trailers for this movie i just heard people were raving about it so i just went in with one of my homies then saw it again with my girlfriend saw it twice in theaters oh wow yeah, not really. That's it. rare seeing a horror film twice in theaters. Yeah, Any movie twice. Yeah. Oh, if I'm a known two time theater guy. Oh, that's good. Yeah. When you, you do catch those free a lot. movies, it kind of helps. That's right. Um, Humble so, two bride. Stephen King movies this year, but like I'm seeing a bunch of sequels and like Zombieland 2. No, oh, well, that's not even confirmed though. I mean, I feel like that's a movie they put on IMDb every year. Like, oh, it's it coming out in 2017. Then 2018, then 2019. There hasn't even, I feel like there hasn't been an official okay. announcement. 
Now, I could be completely wrong here. But I don't know. There's an announcement they can always change. They delay. What they do is they delay, and that yeah. happens with everything. Yep. But, yeah, sequels do well because they're guaranteed to at least make their budget. But every year I look for those gems like Hereditary. They do come out, especially by that uh, the A24 studio. Like, they've been just mm-hmm. dropping gems every year not just horror films but like just great movies and like in 2016 they dropped the witch phenomenal horror film 2017 uh the killing of a sacred deer great Mm. movie i don't know if it's completely horror but uh and then this year they had hereditary and blumhouse is doing it too every year you know they put out get out they put out all the conjuring movies or and the annabelle movies all those spin-off films and they're they're killing it with the the nun actually came out last year that was their movie heard polarizing reviews on that yeah one. the nun actually, was mostly negative that's the only one I haven't seen in that universe and it's a universe because there's the characters they're it's all like the same world and they they mention each other mm, okay okay kind of like Easter eggs like you don't need to have seen like, the others but like, they're like mentions of exactly it's like the Marvel cinematic in... universe it's right the okay. conjur- people call it the Conjuring universe or the Wanniverse for James Wan because he kind of <laughs> okay. started it with those movies. no he's, he's like the Kevin not, Feige of he, that like universe. he goes and does Fast and Fe- uh, um, what was this. Uh, Fast, what was the seventh one called? Furious 7. He does Furious 7 and then comes back and does a horror film. Then he does Aquaman and now he'll probably come back and do a horror film. There we go. Do what you're good at. Although Aquaman was decent. Mm, I haven't but, seen it yet. So I want to go. Yeah. But James Wan is actually one of the new air quotes masters of horror of our generation. He's like almost like the John Carpenter of the 21st century because you know he did Saw, Insidious, The Conjuring, like he introduced all those movies that spawned sequels, hmm. so he's like creating. He just the, paved the way for. Yeah, all these he he's inspiring people yeah. absolutely. Okay, cool, and yeah, there's no shortage of horror films to come in years to come, and oh. I feel like we're only gonna start. We're only gonna continue to see with those poor movies, let's say, possibly even more smarter concepts, good acting good ideas it'll just keep getting better and better and that's the thing about horror films is you're not as limited for like a comedy or a drama or an action movie you can literally take the story anywhere in a horror film it's supernatural oh it's zombies oh it's a killer like you can there's so many possibilities and that's why uh, new screenwriters or new directors will make a horror film to start with because it's just easier to come up with something you can pretty much make anything up and if it's well done has good effects it will get seen. Yeah. And we just saw that with John Krasinski. It all comes back full circle. Could be working in an office anywhere around the world. And then you can come up with a post-apocalyptic script, direct it yourself, minimal budget. You know, just get a studio to back you up, produce it for you. And there you go. You're making millies. And and he's like kind of an, he, he was already established before he directed oh, 100%. this. Which, which kind of surprises me, actually. It's a tie... He's not from a horror background. He's more comedy, right? Yep. And so is Jordan Peele, which shocked me when he said, I watched tons of interviews with Jordan Peele, and he loves that horror genre. So, and he's all comedy, like his sketch show, Key and Peele. But to do a horror film, and John Krasinski's like, yeah, I want to do a horror film. He could have done another movie, but no, he's like, no, I'm doing a horror film. I applaud them for it. They made two great movies, two of the best Easily the top 10 uh, horror films of like 2017 and 2018, each movie. For sure. Um, Could even push for top five and... I'd say top five, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah. And who knows? We're now excited to see what they're going to put out in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good place to wrap it up is that the evolution uh, of horror film is just getting better and it better. Is. That's the that's the takeaway here is horror is at a really strong point right now and it's only getting better. And I hope it doesn't, I hope it keeps that way. Well, they got a new viewer in myself and I hope after listening to this that they, they have new viewers on top of just me. And already, Matt, already, you're a well-versed horror fan. I'm glad to welcome you to the club, Eric. All right, well, yeah. thanks a lot, man. Thanks a lot for joining me. Oh, my pleasure. It was fun. I've been a loyal listener. My guy. I want to say, uh, yeah, thanks a lot to everyone for listening. Looking forward to dropping episodes every two weeks. Got, like I said in the last episode, going to be introducing video content coming soon. Just got to hook up my GoPro and everything. And uh, yeah, no, stay tuned for more episodes every two weeks. Thanks a lot for listening and uh, yeah, peace.